Help I Got a Mac podcast episode number 67. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Help I Got a Mac podcast. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And my name is Chris Biden. And today we're here to talk about, well, we've got all kinds of things to talk about. Lots of news. Oh, yeah. It's a virtual cornucopia of Mac goodness today. That's right. So we're going to help answer some of your questions, but we're going to start things off with the news because there's lots of rumors flying around, and we like rumors here, don't we? Yeah. I thrive on them, my friend. Well, let's talk about what, what's most important to you. Where do, where do you want to begin with this whole thing, Chris? Oh, I think we should talk about um, the new Boxy remote. No, I'm just joking. The new Boxy I- remote. <laughs> iPhone 3.0 preview tomorrow, thir- uh, t- Tuesday, uh, for those of you who are downloading this later, March 17th. And uh, what we're going to talk about is either going to be dead on or we're going to be totally wrong. Well, let, let's let, before we talk about what might or might not be talked or previewed tomorrow. Sure. Where is this event taking place first and foremost? The event is taking place on Apple's campus, and so they, they this is the first time they've ever launched. You know, a two point. Well, they've I guess they did two point mm-hmm. uh, during one of the conferences, right? No, they did a special preview just like this. Um, back in March of last year for the uh, iPhone 2.0. Oh, did they really? Mm-hmm. I guess I don't. Re- I, I guess I don't remember that. Yeah. Oh wait, yeah, that was the big App Store launch. Exactly. Okay, no, I do remember that. Yeah, they so, showed like Super Monkey Ball and stuff, and everybody was oh, like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah." That was it, that was just and, a year and, ago, and that's the one where they talked about the push notifications and stuff. Oh yeah, that's where they lied to us. <laughs> 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 no, seriously. Um, okay, so that that's really only been a year. You I mean I've only had these applications on my phone for a year? Well, a or, year in June. Uh, so it's not even been a year. No, I yeah, that is so weird because now I have all these applications that I use so regularly. I can't imagine my life without them. Yeah, I agree. You know what I'm saying? There, there are a couple applications that it's like, wow. Yeah, I I don't know. I dude, I have read probably. Nine, nine to eleven chapters of books since the last time you and I talked. Really? Yeah, using the that that Kindle for the iPhone. I just can't get into it, man. Oh, dude, I'm loving it. I am so loving it. Anyway, so so there's this big iPhone preview. Now, last time it was it was the the news was first. So first of all, 1.0 software came with the phone. So the big launch or the big news and and the big deal, if you will, was the fact that we we have a phone. You know, the, the, the phones there, which was yep. awesome. They made it a million times better by giving us the app store. So launching 2.0 software. And is it wrong of us to expect something just as huge of a jump for no, 3.0? I don't, I don't think so. If you're going to a full version number, I think it should be awesome and mind-blowing, whatever they offer. So let, 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 first of all, let's talk about some of the rumors. The the very first one, the biggest one, I would say, and tell me if you agree, copy and paste. Yep. And I think that's going to be a slam dunk. I think we're going to definitely see that. It has to. I mean, there, it's almost to the point now where I just get fr- – I, I would almost be willing to carry around a second phone to do mo- mobile commuti- computing 
so that I could copy and, and paste a, a URL link into Tweety or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, th- th- this has been a long time coming, and finally, hopefully, it's that they're going to do it right. Yeah. Carell says in the chat room she wants the ability to sync notes. And she says that was promised with Leopard. What note? Are, oh, she's talking about that little notepad thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, that I guess that would be cool. I have not ever used... I, I used to use the notes feature of the phone, and uh, I kind of quit. But yeah, I, I think that would be great if it would sync it. For me, I, I whenever I needed them, I guess I would email them. But I'll tell you what I do instead of notes is I've been using... Um, Zenby to-do lists and you can open it up and put as many as much notes and stuff you want inside there and that does sync oh that's cool yeah but that you know what that yeah so 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 chris what else is out there what other rumors are are being speculated for 3.0 uh background applications really yeah people are talking about that they are like you know if i've got pandora running i can decide that that's a background application like you make it like one to three options to make those make certain applications background applications. Okay, and then you know I can use Pandora and listen to Pandora while I'm doing checking my email or or surfing the web on my phone. That would be cool. That would be or, cool. Or playing a game, you know that would that would be yeah, that'd be great. They they kind of need that to to go against the Palm Pre because Palm Pre that's the big that uh, that's one of the big uh, bonuses I guess of getting that over the iPhone is that you can. You can run multiple applications at the same time. Right, yeah. That's the rumor has it, and this is what uh Kevin Rose Kevin Rose said something about it uh at South by Southwest uh this weekend. And he said, you know, cut and paste is gonna happen. Um you know, and basically that this software update's gonna bring the iPhone on parity to the Palm Pre as far as features and stuff. So Hmm. I, I think I think Apple w- was a little freaked out by the amount of buzz and response that the Palm Pre is getting. I yeah, mean, I, I, th- I think it's going to be awesome, personally. Yeah, the Palm Pre looks awesome. Yeah, definitely. And and I and I'm glad that it looks awesome, and I'm glad that it will be awesome, and I'm glad that that it's got Apple shaking in their boots. Yeah, if anything, it, it keeps Apple uh, innovating. You know, they're just not going to sit back and go, "Oh, you don't need copy and paste, so we're just not going to give it to you." Exactly. Exactly. So, so background applications running would uh, be great for certain things such as you know instant messaging, so you didn't have to close it down when you went to go change something else or go calculate something on your your calculator application or something crazy. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's other rumors flying around that that probably won't be as true. Uh, video support. Uh, I don't. Th- I think that's more of a hardware limitation than anything. What do you mean, um, what do you mean video support? Like using your phone, your camera as a video camera instead of just a still picture camera. Well, I, I have to disagree with that because the jailbroken uh, Apple iPhones now are now use. They have not only do they have the quick application out there, mm-hmm. but they also have the UStream application out there. Yeah, they're still pretty jumpy and not super smooth or anything though. It so doesn't matter. I, I I really believe that if if they just give it to us they i mean with the understanding that it is just bunches of you know the the frame rate's not great is basically what it is yeah i don't think apple will do it unless the frame rate's where it needs to be yeah because I, I, I think it'd be a, a bad experience yeah uh the, the other word is flash possibly oh. coming i don't think that'll happen you know what i take that back i think the frame rate rate would be awesome if it's local the the frame rate is where it's actually streaming it 
I, yeah. I, I bet you that I bet you you could get some good frame rates if it would store it locally and, and you have yourself you know maybe a five minute or a ten minute maybe a five minute limit on the video yeah. that it takes. And yeah. Then, if and if, then you if can, anybody's going to make it awesome, it'll be Apple. I mean, the, the, so far I've been unimpressed with the jailbroken ones like Psycorder and stuff like that. They were they were okay, but they yeah. weren't. You know, it, it's still not as good as using my digital camera or you know. You know what I mean? Sure. You know, a, a digital camera. You know, the 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 offshoot of that is that it, it can take video too, and it's way better than yeah. my iPhone taking. I video. totally get what you're saying with that, and 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 the truth is, is my Edderall recorder does much better than the iTalk application on my iPhone. However, yeah. you know, and and I still prefer to use my Edderall everywhere I go. But uh, to be honest with you, it it you know, there are times when the Edderall is just not in my pocket. And I'm like, oh, I would love to so have an interview right now, and I can pull out and use iTalk. It's in the same scenario. There's going to be a time, and I can imagine. It's like all of a sudden, it's like we're out and about, and somebody gives me free tickets to go to this concert, and all of a sudden, we're at, we got front row tickets, and it's the biggest, baddest band we've ever known. It's like we're the biggest fans of this band, and Stephanie gets called up on stage, and she's up there dancing on stage. I totally want my iPhone to be able to record that moment, you know, and I and I just don't happen to have my Canon Power Shot in my pocket. Yeah, you see, and that that's the beauty of the iPhone is it's just there. That's why I love the iPhone, the Kindle for the iPhone. It's like I'm at the doctor's office. Oh, I didn't happen to bring the the big clunky Kindle or the the big heavy paperback or you know hardback, but I've got my iPhone in my pocket and I could sure read a, a chapter or two while waiting for the doctor. Yeah, I, I still think this is going to be a iPhone third gen yeah. uh, feature. So, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree with you that it's not going to be in three No, no, no. But I, uh, but I, I, I so want to see it in a future thing. Yeah, go ahead. Fla- Flash would be interesting. Flash browsing but, would be awesome. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to do it because the, the processor in the iPhone is is not really the greatest. First of all, and the second thing is that. It, you know, it's a battery drain, and the battery in the iPhone is not the biggest capacity battery it could be either. So, if they do, I'll be shocked. Yeah. You know, maybe they make it an off and on kind of thing, like you could turn it on. You know, when you browse, that 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 would be nice if I can turn it on so I can go look at Hulu or something, and then turn it off when I'm done. Right. That would be cool. Yeah. All right. So, what else? Anything else being rumored? Uh, the push notifications. Yeah. That might finally be coming out, uh, which would be a long time coming. You know, and, and I would love to have. I might use instant messaging if they had push notifications. Yeah, I'm wondering if push notifications came out on the iPhone. Do you think Twitter would make use of that, and then you wouldn't have to have like SMS messages? That would be awesome. Or, I would use. Or, I would maybe, use the heck out of that, dude. What What if Tweety started using push notifications? And every time it would, and and Tweety in the background would check your, you know, your DMs and your at replies. And oh, dude, what if they created a, a, you know, how we used to have the ability to do track on Twitter? Yeah. And what what if they would do uh, like search.twitter.com and you could have it notify you via, um, <coughs> like doing you have saved searches on Twitter. So you could do at GSPN or or any kind of you know phrase, kind of like the track, and then it would give you a little push notification, and then you log in. And it's like, hey, this is what we just found. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, my 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 only thought is, 
when you have a lot of followers, you're constantly getting updated. Uh-huh. So th- I think it would still be, uh, you know, it. I don't know. Maybe if it pulls it every 20 minutes or so. Well, uh, yeah, t- totally give us all the settings for it. But yeah, but, but the ability to do it is, is what's key. Can I, I just think like, you know, a weekend of not looking at that app or even a day of not looking at that app, I'm going to look down and see like 600 notifications. Right. Maybe if it's, maybe yeah, if I'm it's not talking about re- yeah, Maybe it's like at replies or direct messages. That's all I'm wanting. Yeah, I don't want my timeline. I just, maybe, I just maybe, want at replies and direct messages. Maybe push mail with Gmail. That would be sweet. Yeah. I mean, I, they don't have any incentive to do it, obviously, because of um, you know, mobile me. But yeah. some, people are, some people are saying this, that they're going to announce a tablet. I don't think that will happen. Well, what did this announcement say for this 3.0? Is, did they announce that this is just the 3.0 preview kind of uh, event, or is or is it just an or is it an event where they happen to be announcing 3.0? No, what they the 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 event that they said uh, it had like a blueprint image and it says iPhone OS 3.0 software, and it just says Apple's calling this an advanced preview of what we're building. Oh, that means we're waiting until June again. Probably. Bummer. <laughs> What's That's, the hype about? People, come on. Well, what they'll do is they'll probably release a uh, a beta version of the of the new SDK so they can have their apps ready to go for 3.0 if there's new features in there. Right. So, but All I right. honestly don't think if if they're going to come out with a tablet, I guarantee that'll happen in June, and I guarantee Steve, if he's able to come back, will be the one showing that off. Yeah. All right. So, so anything else related to iPhone 3.0? Nope, it all goes down at 10 a.m. Pacific time, so 1 o'clock art, uh, here on the East Coast. Let me go over to my calendar real quick. That's tomorrow the 17th, mm-hmm. 1 o'clock, and I'm going to put down Apple iPhone 3.0 preview. Now, how, yep. how will we be able to follow that? Uh, all the usual suspects. Uh, uh, in gadget gizmodo all those sites will be live blogging very cool all right so moving along um there was a new product uh released last week there was a brand new shuffle four gigabytes yep 79 dollars 79 bucks which is a great price for a 79 dollar or for a four gig player um i looked at it i first of all i want to say i'm very excited about the fact that this new shuffle has the ability to do playlists. So it basically will sync. Now, I don't know this for sure, but I would assume that it will have the same syncing capabilities as a 4-gig nano. Yeah, and actually all the iPods have been able to do playlists, I think. Mm. Maybe not like selecting between the playlists, but you can you can sync a playlist. Yeah, that, yeah you could do that. But, yeah. but the ability to kind, of, to kind of sift through a playlist, if you will, and, yeah, and that's to change over the, the, the to new, another one. Yeah, that's because the new shuffle can talk. Well, yes. sort of. <laughs> <laughs> what it does is, is I is your Mac or iTunes will will create little little like audio files and put them on the shuffle and, t- and it, as part of the meta tag. And when you shuffle through there, it just plays it. So it doesn't actually have like text to speech built into the shuffle, right? But, but it supports that through iTunes, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Now, can I just say that I'm a little bummed that the controls are actually in the earbuds? Yeah, because that forces you either to use Apple's head- headphones or wait for them to come out with an adapter, which is probably going to cost 20 bucks. Yep. 
And, you know, the, the thing is, I, I'm one of the rare few people, I think, that actually like the iPod headphones. Mm-hmm. I do, too. Yeah, I mean, I use, I, I have different headphones for different uses. Like, I've got my giant Sony, you know, DJ headphones for, you know, when I'm mowing the grass just because it's like, you know, it cancels out the sound. But I can't use those on the new shuffle without an adapter. So I think that is a deal killer for a lot of people because there it are is. a lot of folks who don't like the iPod headphones. Well, well, here's the deal. Sometimes I like to be driving down the, you know, the road in my car and I got the cassette, the cassette adapter. Mm-hmm. And you, yeah, know, you can't do that. You can't do that without an without a third party de- a, a device, and that or at least an Apple sanctioned device to to do the controls. I just think that that's re- ridiculous. I think that's poor design on Apple's part. I, they're, yeah, they're, I agree. Know, you, the the device is big enough that they could put three buttons on the physical unit itself. And we've been joking around for a while that Steve hates buttons, and it's pretty clear that S- Steve hates buttons. Yeah, <laughs> Steve. You know, I don't know. Anyway, I <clears throat> I think it's I think it's got some great innovation. I like the fact that it multiple playlists you can shift through the playlist. I think that's really cool. I I'm, smaller. Did it really have to get smaller? Honestly, yeah. Any smaller, man. It's, yeah, dude. Give <laughs> give give us the same functionality that this new one has in the same size and form factor, keeping the buttons that the thing had before and using those buttons. Yeah, you know what? I liked the the last iPod. I did too. Shuffle before this one. I I had one. Of course, it died like a year after the warranty gave out on it, and it was free though. Apple gave it to all all the employees, and uh, yeah, I I love that iPod, man. It was so great. It was my it was my mowing the lawn iPod because yep, you know if something absolutely. happened to it, I didn't really it didn't really bother me a whole lot if something happened to it. Carell's in the chat room. She brings up a, a good um, point that now, you know, the new shuffle is going to have to have a choke hazard warning on it. <laughs> exactly. I remember when the first shuffle came out, one of the things in the documentation said, don't eat iPod shuffle. Don't eat iPod. Great. All right. So let's see. Apple, let's see. Apple confirms presence of what? Apple confirms presence of, I was off on that, that screen, uh, proprietary chip in the, uh, shuffle headphones uh the shuffle headphone has a little control chip inside there and you have to license that from apple if you want to make you know approved by apple headphones oh so, so that's, that's party. a cost. yeah so so it's gonna make like if griffin wants to make ipod shuffle compatible headphones or if bose wanted to make them they'd have to license that driving the cost up even further Mm-hmm. gotcha yeah, right. so it's kind of a little gotcha there. It's kind of a bummer, but you yeah. know. Well, Apple Apple wants to control. You know, they uh, obviously. Well, this, I, I I hate. Well, no, I know what. No, I'm sorry. You got to do what's in the best interest of your customer sometimes. And mm-hmm. and it, and it was just ridiculous to put the control in the headphones. I understand yeah, you want to make money and you want to be able to be the the premier place, the go to place for selling. You know, products that go with your product and and stuff like that, but. I don't know. It, that that just seems kind of cheesy, Apple. I mean, come on. Yeah. Put the controls on the device. I agree. Enough said. All right. Enough said. Now you want to talk about Boxy. Boxy, my favorite media player for the i uh, Apple TV and for all Macs and Linux systems and Windows. Uh, the official Boxy remote for the iPod Touch and the iPhone is now released, so you can control. Uh, your boxy with the iPod, which is cool. 
Very cool. So they had this device, this this application for the iTunes, but and, and I think didn't it also work with uh, Front Row? Mm-hmm. But now they have one for Boxy. Yes. So, so you're still using Boxy, correct? I am. All right. And have you? Are you still able to watch Hulu now? It's up and down, but it's been up for a while now. So yeah. Okay. So they keep working around them trying to shut it down. Yeah, it's not as simple or as elegant as it once was, but it's it's working fine. So gotcha. Now we get a lot of emails and voicemails from people, Chris, that that people are saying on a on a regular basis. I'd say we're probably this podcast is responsible for people in our community who are finally taking the plunge, making the switch to Mac uh, for the very first time, and that maybe not making the switch, but at least buying their first Mac. Uh, mm-hmm. We're probably responsible responsible for the sale of at least one, maybe two Macs a week now. That's awesome. We should get a cut. We should get a cut. However, um, you're, when it comes down to it, the price seems to be the biggest uh, barrier for most people to cross over. But you've got a little link here that you want to tell them about what you found? Yeah. Uh, there was a um, – it was done by uh, – a Mac uh, news organization. I'm trying to pull up the link here, and but uh, while it's pulling up here, what what they've basically said is that while an Apple, uh, you know, computer does cost more when you're at the at the register, the total cost of ownership is a lot lower. Um, what they found was is that. Um, the the old adage that Macs are more expensive than PCs isn't true unless you're looking in a sub six hundred range, which a lot of like the Dells and the things like that are uh, are in there. But uh, you know when you when you factor in you know viruses and the cost of of time of, of you know reloading your machine and getting things to work and stuff like that, then the the, the cost kind of averages itself out a little bit. Gotcha. So, yeah, it's it. They've been saying this for a while now that you know the total cost of ownership on a Mac is a little bit less. Gotcha. So so, and this isn't like hardware to hardware. This is just you know in the long run, with the amount of time you spend doing things you shouldn't have to do, such as removing uh, antivirus three sixty uh, spyware and and virus software off of your computer, uh, you could be instead doing productivity things. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. All right, uh, I agree to a certain degree. I, I still, when it comes down to it, I think you can be a, a super smart, super sleek, um, a, advanced Windows user who knows not to open file attachments, ignore any pop-ups, turn all that stuff off, don't be social engineered into clicking and installing stuff that shouldn't be installed, running AVG antivirus, keeping everything up to date as far as patches and stuff like that. I really still believe that I can go out and buy a $300 Windows laptop and have that thing running for about three or four years. Yeah. And and be completely just as clear sailing as I do with my MacBook. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm willing to, you know, uh, I've kind of been talking about this for a while, of, of that I never used my PlayStation 3. I'm thinking about selling it and getting a, a netbook, and I'd probably put, probably put Windows 7 on it. Yeah. You know why not? These these netbooks are looking pretty nice. Yeah, you know, and and what are they running right now? Just an average cost on a on a on one of these. Who makes those now? Uh, well, they're being made by everybody now: Lenovo, Dell, uh, Acer, uh, um, Asus, 
Asus, the, the those one, are the ones I'm f- f- most familiar with. The, the one, yeah, they kind of really brought it to market first. So the the one I'm looking looking at getting though is most likely something called the MSI Wind, which is a, a laptop based from China. But what's cool about it? It's a, it's a nice little machine. You get like a 160 gig hard drive, a, an Intel Atom processor, which is a little you know mobile processor, but it's pretty fast. It's dual core, and uh, it's 300 bucks. That's not bad. No, and it's got, I think it's got like a 10 inch screen or a 9 inch screen, and you can actually hack it, and put OS 10 on it. But you know, right. that's neither that's neither here nor there. Gotcha. But you does it come with like? Does it have a webcam? Do you know? It does. And does it have a microphone built in? It does. And it's, does it have an uh, headphones jack? Yep. Does it have a line in or a mic jack? Either one. Yep. There you go. I, and it's got video out too. Video out, and it's got uh, USBs on it all over the place. Uh huh. So, d- no, no optical drive. So if you have like a, a DVD or something you want to install, you can't do it. Okay, but you could but you get, get an external. Sure, you could get an external if you needed that ability. But it's mm-hmm. got it's got obviously going to have Wi Fi. Yep. So so you, and, and and it's Windows, so it's easy to actually hook up to a network and go over t- and share a an optical drive off of any of your other PCs in the in the in the house or in the network, and then go in and map the drive. Yes, and so I'm wondering. I'm wondering if the if the MacBook Air. I'm wondering if the MacBook Air uh, Super Drive would would work on it. I wonder. I don't know. Hmm. I bet you I know somebody who'd be willing to check it out and try. Yeah, because you can get those for a hundred bucks. <laughs> so, so this, so yeah, that, that's why I say. So when it when it all comes down to it, the, you know, these little machines, uh, twelve hundred, thirteen hundred, sixteen hundred dollars for a MacBook, so that you can browse the web and 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 you know, I would have to say, even on those little netbooks, you could do Windows Movie Maker. Oh yeah, you know, and and I have no doubt that it would it would run. And and how many gigs is yours coming with if you buy one for three hundred? RAM comes with, RAM. Comes with a, gig, a gig of RAM, and you can upgrade it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like two, I think, which would be sufficient, really. Yeah, so two gigs of RAM, I could do that. That would be an excellent machine for running um, uh, Adobe Audition for audio editing and stuff. So yeah, it comes to the one point three megapixel web camera, microphone, uh, less weighs less than three pounds. Uh, the resolution's on it's ten twenty four by six hundred, so it's not super high, but it's still wide enough for a web page. Uh, microphone built in, built in Ethernet, four one card reader, uh, headphone out, microphone in, RJ forty five, which is the Ethernet cable VGA. So yeah, and it's super light, and for a for a, a lug, you know, lugging it around, it's not bad. Yeah. So here we are, the Help I Got a Mac podcast. And we've been talking for five minutes about five ten minutes on the the usefulness of a three hundred dollar very awesome uh, Windows based um, um, what do you call it note notebook Ma- Net- uh, netbook which, netbook which what what I would do I would hack it and put OS ten on it yeah <laughs> and make it my my Mac netbook yeah you you would do that but um you know the, the thing is is why why do I bring that up why you know there are probably some Mac people you know ready to to call in and and send in death threats but you know if, when it comes down to it I want people to make informed decisions and mm-hmm. to understand you know I, I I still don't I still do not regret the fact that I bought my MacBook and I have my MacBook 
And I'll be honest with you, I've got a lot of clients that want to. They're asking me all the time, "How do you do this with your video? And how do you do this? And and what are you using to stream your UStream? And how are you getting this to do this on your UStream? And and the answer every time when it comes to video, the answer every time is there's this software for the Mac. There's this software for the Mac. There's this software for the Mac. And yeah. it's like, is there a PC like version? Yeah, they are, but they're all crap. You know, and it, I mean, mm-hmm. I choose to do video stuff on the Mac. Now, the the opposite of that is true. I have a lot of cl- consulting clients who want to know how do you how did you get this th- to do this way? How did you get it to sound like that? And what are you using to tag your MP3 files? Uh, it's this program. It's this program. It's this program on the PC. It's this program on the PC. It's this program. It's like, was there a version for the Mac? Yeah. But it's crap, and, so, See, and 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 that's what's hilarious is like you know, I I I was in you know the you know music industry you know I, I worked in radio and then I also had a, a band and every studio I've been in is always Mac regardless of for audio which is just you know it just goes Pro it just Tools, goes to show Pro Tools is cool and and if you're a musician it's fine but if you're a podcaster and you're looking to put album artwork and and some other stuff it, it it's not cool. Yeah. yeah, that your bar- that your barrier of entry is a lot lower too. Exactly, exactly. All right, so let's move on to some questions here. Justin Kaiser says, "I'm thinking about getting a new Mac Mini. Any thoughts on it for video editing?" He's basic. He basically is just looking to do some video blog entries, mm-hmm. and he was told that the old Mac Mini would choke on video and audio. Uh, that, it'll be fine if you're using iMovie. iMovie will be okay. The, the only thing that's that's going to really bog you down, you want to make sure you get as much RAM as you can afford. So mm-hmm. you can go up to four gig, I believe, on this new one. Uh, you want to get as much RAM as you can afford, and also the, the real bottleneck is going to be the speed of the of the hard drive. Right. And I would probably your best bet for like if you're going to be doing a lot of video editing, you know, your scratch disk and stuff that where where your working drive is going to be, you probably want to go out to FireWire on that one. And luckily, the new Mac Mini does have a FireWire 800 connection, and you can get a uh, you know like a Western Digital MyBook. Uh, Firewire hard drive, relatively cheap. I got my 500 gig hard drive for, I'd say maybe around $100. Not bad. No. <laughs> Storage is cheap now. It is very cheap. So, yeah, I would say if you do any video editing, get an external hard drive. Uh, if you want to spend the money, get you know something with some redundancy so you don't lose it all. But really, if you're, if you're doing vlog-type stuff where you're going to upload it to the cloud anyway, you're not really going to be worried about like super ultra-high resolution and super high bits, you know, file sizes so i would say the mac mini is just fine yeah i've got the old mac mini here i have not done any video editing on it at all but you know the thing is is i I think if you're looking for video blog stuff almost anything is going to do that so Mm -hmm. i i don't think you have anything to worry about now he he did go out i guess and buy something he sent me something the other day uh via twitter or something and he says help i got a mac now what probably do he says now what uh and then he says i probably need dual 25 inch displays from tiger direct or something and and all and then he sent me a screen capture and he says i really let's see to do anyway it i'm not sure what he was trying to say or ask but um it would appear that in the screen capture he was pulling up a display and it doesn't maybe show the entire page maybe the 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 resolution resolution is not small enough or great enough Maybe great enough. So, so what you do on a Mac to change your display properties is you're going to click on the the Apple icon in the top left hand corner, and you want to hit System Preferences, 
And then you want to click on, uh, let's see here, what is it? Desktop and screensaver. And then you want to click on, uh, actually, I went to the wrong place. <laughs> Where's it at? The sizes. For uh, a resolution? Actually, yeah, it's under hardware, and then you'll see displays. You click on displays, and then you can change your resolution. And the the higher the resolution, then the smaller the screen will be, and you'll find that the, the entire web page will fit on your screen with no problem at all. Yes. So there you go. <laughs> all right, moving on. Uh, what's next in the line? Oh, man, you're going to make me read the long one, aren't you? Oh, I'll read it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, our good friend, Kylie Mack all the way over in France, I had a question. And uh, she says, I'm trying to migrate Microsoft Word, the super old version, boo, from Hal Jr., which was her old uh, G4 PowerBook, to Hal Jr. Jr., her brand new MacBook. And now now she's having issues where her old PowerBook and her new MacBook are not really jiving together. uh, She was trying to migrate an application. It was working when she first got it home, but now the connection through the airport is taking too long and nothing is working. Uh, she said, I, I've downloaded iWork as a trial, and uh, but she wasn't happy with the features on it, so she really needs a good word processing application. Um, there's a couple couple options you can, you can do. Uh, she says she has an external hard drive, and what I would probably do is take your whole uh, office folder, drag it over to the hard drive, from your applications folder in your old computer, drag it over to the hard drive, connect that new hard drive back up to your new MacBook, and drag that folder back over to the applications folder. It should be encapsulated, and it should work. Um, if it doesn't work, um, the next thing I'll try to do is run the migration assistant again, but I would try to maybe hook them up directly. I think it might work over Ethernet too. So uh, don't, don't quote me on that, but I would definitely try to drag the file folder off of your applications folder in onto the external hard drive and then move it over that way. Very cool. It, it used to be able to work, but there, there were stories about people going into the Apple store with their old school five gig iPod going to, you know, going to the office application, dragging it onto their iPod and then leaving and then taking it home and putting it on their computer. So is that right? Yeah. Now with office, if it detects two, two, installations running of the same uh, build, you know, the same serial number. Like if I've got it on, you know, if, if I legitimately have one copy of Office yeah. and I install it on one machine and I install it on my wife's machine and we both try to run it, like if I'm running Office and she tries to activate Office, it won't run. It'll come up with an error. So keep that in mind. Gotcha. Alrighty, uh, let's see here. Moving on down to Chrissy. She says, I have a mainly media file server, which is Windows-based, that is on 24-7, and when I first got my Mac, it would automatically appear in the Finder under the Shared section. Now I have no idea if I did something, but now it no longer automatically appears. I have to click Go, connect to Server, and and connect up that way so I can access everything. Uh, so why is the server no longer coming up automatically in the Shared list? Mine does the same thing, by the way. Um, the I don't know, but I can tell you how to do it. All right. <laughs> what you want to do is you want to go into your system preferences. I am there. Okay. Uh, now make sure that uh, the, the, the drive that you want to mount is already mounted on your desktop. So go to go and do all that stuff, right? Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, let me do that. Um, Just so you can see the file folder or the, the little hard drive icon on your desktop. Hold on. I've got to minimize my VNC client where I have Skype running here. 
Okay. Uh, to do to do applications folder show and finder. All right, and then I'm gonna mount a drive. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, you know what? Never mind. Mine is showing up under shared now. Sometimes it shows up. Sometimes it doesn't. Well, I'll show you how to automatically do it. Okay. So, so do I need to? I have to mount to something though, right? Yeah. All right. Well, you you can take your you can take that mount that already is there, and I can show you what what to do with it. Okay. I've 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 got it mounted. Now I go back to system preferences. Yeah. Go to system preferences and go to accounts. All right. I'm looking. Okay. I see accounts. Yep. Okay. And then highlight your account. On, on the left-hand side. Yeah, it's highlighted. Okay, go to login items. Oh, login items. Okay. And then you would just drag that. You should be able to just drag that, that mounted drive onto that the box where it says these items will open automatically <gasps> when you log in. No way. That is cool. And now every time you log in, it'll automatically mount that drive for you. That is cool. And if you're away from the network, it'll just tell you it's not available. Yeah. Hopefully. Now there are, oh, okay, so it says, and you can hide. What's hide mean? Does that mean don't do it? Uh, hide means, no, no, hide means is, um, good question. I forgot what I meant. It's a, <laughs> it just says, it says here to hide an application when you log in. Yeah. It, like it's, what, so it's, it, it's loading, it, it, but it's it'll hiding It'll load it. the application, but the window won't open. You, you'll see it bounce. Ah, uh, yes. You'll see, yeah, you'll see it bounce on your dock, and you'll see the little dot underneath the icon, but the window won't come up. It'll see how be. much useful information we have here? <laughs> Gosh, this is awesome. I've been so wanting to figure out how to, how to get that to load up every time. Well, there you go. There we go. So now every time I log in, I'm going to have my media drive on there. And, there and finally, we, we have one question that was, that was tweeted to me. Oh, okay. We take tweets. From... Uh, from Carol. Okay. And she was wondering, and let me go to it real quick here. She says her PowerBook G4, I think it's what she has. Ah, oh, there it is. My PowerBook, my PowerBook G4 will not sleep. Uh, she's repaired the permissions and no help. Uh, do I have any ideas? And uh, there's two things I want I want her to do. The first one is super easy, and that is to create a user account, uh, a, a new user. And log out of her current user. Log in as this new user and try to see if it sleeps then. If it does, then there's something wrong in your user account. And you may want to check that login items that we were just talking about to see if there's anything in there that is running that won't, that won't, that won't close. A lot of times if a, if a laptop doesn't go to sleep, it's because a process can't be killed or can't be suspended. So that might be something that she wants to look at. Uh, the other thing to do is, and I'm trying to pull it back up here. That um, there may be a problem with the power management preferences, and I'm actually going to send her this link. If if you if you do a search for PowerBook G4 won't sleep in Google, it's the first result, and it'll help, it'll have you go into the library folder and delete some preferences. And what happens is that those preferences will be auto regenerated, so there's no real risk of doing this, and uh, that that might work too. So very cool. Now I yeah. saw that iTunes has a new, like, slight version update, like 8.02 or something like that. Did you see that? Yeah, 8.1. Is that uh, what it was? Yeah, and really, the, the big difference is, is it just it launches super fast now, at least on a Mac. Oh, cool. And if you have a lot of songs, it, it loads all the songs real fast. It scrolls real fast. And one of the new things they added was something called iTunes DJ, which they had something called Party Shuffle for a while. And iTunes DJ is cool because what it does is, let's say I'm, I, you know, 
everybody's at my house and we're listening to the tunes, right? So there's like it's, it's, it's things happening, right? Yeah. Well, if let's say you have the remote control application for the iPhone. Uh-huh. If you're at my house, you can fire up that application and make a request on the uh, on my iTunes to play that song. Really? Yeah. That's nifty. It's pretty cool, yeah. That is cool. You know, it, it wouldn't take anything for anybody, any young kid out there now to go out and buy some PA equipment and to start their own, you know, DJ service for weddings and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know, there, there's always a a finesse of entertaining the crowd and, and keeping the flow going and stuff like that, that. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, if you want to do it on the cheap, sure. Just fire up a laptop and go at it. There you go. Fire All up right. that $300 netbook. Produce Picker in the chat room is saying, Cliff, do you guys know how I can free up some space on my boot camp Windows drive or get rid of it altogether without affecting my Mac HD? Yeah. Um, if you – whoa. <laughs> I went back to the, to, to the chat and the live stream was playing. Oh, no. Which, which, which threw me off. Um, if he doesn't mind uh, – blowing away the windows hard drive then all he has to do is just uh rerun boot camp and it'll unpartition that drive and, and just give the free space back to the mac gotcha is that the only way he has to blow it away yeah gotcha all right well hey man we got lots of information answered in this one so uh i feel really confident that people are going to be able to use this and come away and say hey i learned a lot at least today i learned how to mount my hard drive yeah and uh Everybody who's listening live, join us. Uh, I'll be in the chat room tomorrow more, or tomorrow during the iPhone 3.0, and we'll all talk about it. Absolutely. We'll do that. I'll, I'll be here as well, and, and uh, we'll have some fun. How's that sound? Sounds great. All right, man. We'll talk to you then, Chris. All right. See ya. Well, I'll talk to you later. And then if you guys want to give us a call and leave your questions on our voicemail line, the phone number, of course, is area code 859-795-4. Oh, wait a second. Are you still there, Chris? I'm still here. Dude, I got two voicemails. Ah! Hold on, hold on. Here we go. Where's it at? There we go. <laughs> or here. There we go. <laughs> Let's do this. Cliff and Chris. Uh-oh, I can't hear it. Mac Alaska Brad calling in. Hi, guys. Long time no talkie. It's good to... Uh see that you guys are still faithful in the show. I'm thankful for all that you do. And uh, I just wanted to pass along a news article that uh, just came up in my RSS reader this morning uh, regarding the iPhone 3.0 software and the fact that it has copy and paste. I'm referring to an article that Wire ran uh, regarding Kevin Rose at South by Southwest. I guess they did a live dignation there and uh, was talking about the fact that Copy and paste will be in 3.0. Very awesome. He went on for a little bit, but uh, thank you for that, Brad. Absolutely. And we're we're very excited for that one. And then we also have one other call I want to play before we, we wrap the show. Do it, do it. Hey, Cliff and Chris. It's Fred from Long Island calling for help. I've got a Mac. And I was just listening to one of your recent episodes where Cliff uh, mentioned or reminded us about his problems with a Mac and a Linksys router. I just thought I'd call in and tell you about my recent experience with a Linksys router, and it's not Mac-related, but Cliff will sympathize. Um, a friend of mine at work who happens to be an Apple fanboy 
but he also likes to tinker with his computer equipment like I do. He suggested to me some um, firmware for the Linksys router, among others that use a similar uh, chipset. It's called DD-WRT. And what it does is it allows you to install on top of, in this case, the Linksys firmware, uh, some software that First of all, it installs Linux on the router, so you can log into it and um, do all kinds of cool things like that. Uh, you can give it all kinds of command line router commands, but it also has a very nice graphical interface. So that was the temptation for me to try this little experiment. Well, I started on Sunday afternoon, and I didn't finish tinkering until late Sunday uh, night, you know, kind of like 1 o'clock in the morning, because... I found that after I upgraded my Linksys firmware, which was the first step, um, my wireless clients kept dropping off the network. So, and I thought this was a problem with the DDWRT software. Well, it turns out it was a problem with the, the last version of the firmware that Linksys provided for my router. So I had to backtrack completely to where I started from. And uh, although I did not remember Cliff's experience at the time, it, uh, it does seem kind of similar. So I had all kinds of headaches there. Fortunately, my headaches only lasted about, I don't know, 12 hours. Ouch. Sorry about that. <laughs> Are you still there, Chris? Yeah, I'm here. All right. I had a little button malfunction. But Fred, thank you so much for, for leaving your feedback. And I learned not to push that button again. <laughs> Help, I got a podcast answer man board uh, Anyway, just want to say thank you for the feedback It sounds like, uh, Fred, that, you, that at least you finally got things working By rolling back the Linksys router uh, firmware to a previous version Which sounds really cool uh, And of course, I fixed my problem by simply going out and getting an Airport Extreme So that kind of fixed my problem <laughs> that, that, That's the scorched earth method That's right, that's exactly right and Apple loves me for it. Well, folks, uh, if you want to call in your feedback, you can do so at Harry Code 859-795-4067. I'll promise to try not to ever totally push all kinds of buttons I shouldn't push. And until next time, uh, join the community. <laughs>